This morning's reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, the first 12 verses. Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Kerry. We're going to come back to that story in a few minutes, but uh, first I want to read to you another story, Jesus' Christmas Party. How many of you are familiar with this book? Jonathan is, okay. <laughs> well, the rest of you are in for a treat, but I do need your help in telling the story. It's the nativity story seen from the perspective of the innkeeper. And in the story, the innkeeper... Uh, gets interrupted and he needs to close the door and go up the stairs and I need you to help me when I get to that point so when I say he shut the door do you think you could say bang okay he shut the door okay now at first he just should, shuts it quite quietly but as the story goes on he gets a bit more frustrated and it gets louder and louder so we say it quietly he shut the door and then towards the end of the story, when he's really frustrated, he shut the door. Great. Having shut the door, he then climbs the stairs. So I need you to make the sort of some stamping noise. That's great. Then he goes to bed, yawn. And he went to sleep, snore. Okay, so let's go run through that together. He shut the door, climbed the stairs got into bed, 
and when to sleep. That's great, okay. And there's one other bit I need your help with, and that is there's this slide which has got, it's the only slide with words on, um, where I need you to say, shh, you'll wake the baby. Now you need to say this quite quietly. Shh, you'll wake the baby. Okay. So you'll see that when that slide comes up with the words, if you can just say those words. Okay, let's have the first slide then. Because there was nothing that the innkeeper liked more than a good night's sleep. But that night, there was a knock at the door. No room, said the innkeeper. But we're tired and we've travelled through night and day. Well, there's a stable round the back. Here's two blankets. Sign the register. So they signed it. Mary and Joseph. Then he shut the door, climbed the stairs, got into bed, and went to sleep. But then, later, there was another knock at the door. Excuse me, I wonder if you could lend us another smaller blanket. There, one smaller blanket, said the innkeeper. Then he shut the door, climbed the stairs, got into bed, and went to sleep. But then a bright light woke him up. That's all I need, said the innkeeper. Then he shut the door, climbed the stairs, drew the curtains, got into bed, and went to sleep. But then there was another knock at the door. We are three shepherds. Well, what's the matter? Have you lost your sheep? We've come to see Mary and Joseph. Round the back, said the, inn, <coughs> said the innkeeper. Then he shut the door, climbed the stairs, got into bed, and went to sleep. But then there was yet another knock at the door. We are three kings. We've come round the back. He slams the door, climbed the stairs, got into bed, and went to sleep. But then a chorus of singing woke him up. Right, that does it. So he got out of bed, stomped down the stairs, threw open the door, went round the back, stormed into the stable and was just about to speak when shh you'll wake the baby baby said the innkeeper yes a baby has this night been born oh said the innkeeper looking crossly into the manger and just at that moment suddenly Amazingly, his anger seemed to fly away. Oh, said the innkeeper, isn't he lovely? In fact, he thought he was so special, he woke up all the guests in the inn so that they could also come and have a look at the baby too. So not many people slept that night.
thank you for your help. Jesus' Christmas party is one of my favorite versions of the nativity story. But today we especially want to think about these people. The Bible doesn't call them kings. Instead, it calls them magi, which is a word that describes people from a foreign country who practiced magic and studied the stars. And they believed that the events that happened in the night sky followed things that were happening on earth. So that when something amazing happened on earth, they could expect to see something really special happening in the night sky. And one day, they saw something in the stars that led them to believe that a new king had been born. Now, modern-day astronomers with their computers can go back and simulate what the night sky looked like all the way back through history. And people have been asking astronomers, so what was this star that they saw? And one answer was this, that round about the year that Jesus was born, there were two planets which looked like stars, one Jupiter and one Saturn, that came close together, like overlapped each other, which made a really bright star on about three occasions during the year in which Jesus was born. And that was really quite an unusual event. And given that, the, that Jupiter is often known as the kingly or royal, royal planet, and that Saturn is sometimes associated with the Jews, it's, oft, it's thought that maybe that was what made them think that a new king of the Jews had been born. Anyway, it was an unusual event. And the Magi set off to find this new king of the Jews who had been born. Now, if you'd heard that a new king had been born in England, where would you go to find him? The palace. Any particular palace? Buckingham Palace, you'd head off to London to Buckingham Palace. And that's what these Magi did. They thought, well, a new king has been born of the Jews, so they head off to Jerusalem, the capital city, to see if they could find this new king. But when they got there, they found that nobody knew anything about it. They wandered around and said, excuse me, can you tell me where the new king has been born? No. Can you tell me where the new king's can you tell me where the new king's been born? And as they asked, they got the same answer. Nobody knew. But someone told Herod, who was the real king, that people had been asking about a new king being born. And when Herod heard that, he was absolutely furious. I'm the king of the Jews, he thought. We don't need any more kings around here. So he came up with a cunning plan. And he gathered together all of his wise men and said to them, now tell me, if there was to be a really special, important person was going to be born, where would they be born? And they looked in the Old Testament part of the Bible, the book of Isaiah, and said, well, king, we found this verse. It says, you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, Bethlehem, are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah, for out of you will become a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. So I, we reckon that any special person would be born in Bethlehem. Okay, that's all I need to know. Thank you, you can go now, said Herod. Next, he secretly brought in the Magi and said to them, now I understand that you've been asking where the king has been born. 
Well, he's not been born here in Jerusalem, but if you were to go to Bethlehem, you might find him. And could you do me a favor? When you find him, can you come back and tell me so that I too can go and worship him? But that was a cunning trick. He didn't really want to find the baby and worship him. He wanted to find this baby so that he could kill him. But the Magi set off on their journey to Bethlehem. And when they got there, they found Jesus and the mother. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. And they gave him gifts, rather strange gifts. But apparently these are the sort of gifts you would buy a king. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. And then having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they went back to their own country from an, via another route. So why does Matthew tell us this curious story? Well, I think the answer can be found in the phrase, the king of the Jews. It's a phrase that Matthew uses four times in his gospel. And the first time it's spoken by the Magi, who go to Jerusalem and who asked the question, where is the one who's been born the king of the Jews? Now this question is for the adults. Okay, where else, and the question is, where else in Matthew's gospel do we find the phrase, the king of the Jews? Any guesses? The vicar knows, but I'm going to see if anybody else... Anybody? The crucifixion. Yeah, people have been shouting about the crucifixion. In fact, the other three times all happen at the very end of Matthew's gospel in Matthew chapter 27. When Jesus is on trial before Pilate, Pilate says to him, are you the king of the Jews? And then when he's handed over to be crucified, the soldiers begin to mock him and it's really fascinating to see the parallels between these soldiers and the Magi because they too give Jesus gifts. They give him a staff and they give him a crown. But this time, they're gifts for a king, but this time they're doing it to mock him. They give him a crown of thorns. And then they too bow down like the Magi. But they do again this to mock him. And they mockingly say, hail the king of the Jews. And then finally on the cross, the notice above Jesus' head says, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And the centurion who witnessed all these things said, surely he is the son of God. I've got no doubt that when we read about Jesus' trial and his crucifixion at the end of Matthew's gospel, Matthew wants us to remember the Magi at the very beginning of the gospel. And the point he's making is this, Jesus is the true king of the Jews, but his own people just can't see it. Therefore, he needs these foreigners, these Magi who've come from a distant country, the Roman centurion at the end of the gospel. They're the ones who recognize who Jesus really is. And that's because Jesus is not just king of the Jews, but he's the king of everyone. And that's why we're here today, like the Magi, to come and to bow down and to worship Jesus, the king who's our king. 
And finally, there's just one other really nice contrast between the beginning and the end of Matthew's gospel. At the beginning, the Magi come from other parts of the world to worship Jesus. And at the end of the gospel, Jesus sends his disciples back into the world in the Great Commission to share the good news with everyone. And that's our job too, to share the good news of Jesus with others. So the Magi come and they find Jesus and worship him. And this morning, we too come to worship Jesus. But then we are sent out by Jesus back into the world to tell people about him and to build his kingdom. So let's stand and we'll pray together. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that we, are, that we come here this morning to worship you as our king. And in the quiet, although we've been worshipping and singing about Jesus being our king all through this service, in a moment we just, in our own words, again thank him for being our king. And if he's not yet your king, perhaps you might like to ask him to be your king this morning. And as Jesus sent his disciples to go into the world to proclaim him as king and lord of all, so Jesus invites us to go back from this service and to proclaim Jesus as king to the people who we meet. And in the quiet, maybe God is laying in our, on our hearts an individual that he wants us to talk to and to tell about Jesus. And we're going to finish our service by again singing about Jesus, our King. <laughs>